Good morning, church. It's good to come to you this morning to bring the word of the Lord to you. Um, I hope you are blessed and you had a wonderful worship this morning. Um, this morning, um, we're going to carry on with our theme and our short mini-series that we've been doing in the last couple of weeks. And this is the, the fourth and final session, and I've got a, the privilege to present that to you Um the last couple of weeks, we've been studying the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, we had last week where um, Al brought us a powerful message about honoring uh, our king. And today uh, I brought a, a theme for you, which is still or, um, still based on our reset, um, how to display God's glory. Um, and it's the same theme, but today it's a main um, part of Hebrews chapter 12 that I'm going to concentrate on is about going for the king and more or less is about going as in a way for evangelism so last week Al brought us this message and in, in our message he kind of presented the fact how the the writer of hebrews um kept on bringing and affirming our position in the new covenant and that position of citizenship in the new heaven and that's very important place for us to start off where we're going in today's um, session, because um, as citizens of new of the new covenant, the citizens from Mount Zion, as opposed to Mount Sinai in the in the old covenant, when he did a compare and contrast in the two the two mountains and how we have benefited of that access to the great kingdom, as citizens we have rights. Every citizen has rights, and that is great. And our rights in, in this new covenant is that we have a right to come boldly into the presence of our king without fear. But also every citizen has responsibilities. And this responsibility is what we're going to look at today. And our responsibility today is to represent the king on earth in everything we do. And our responsibility is for us to go for the king. Our responsibility is for us to go for the king. What does that mean? Going for the king is means that we have to step out from our comfort zone and go into the world as the greatest commission that Jesus gave us to preach the gospel. You know, this series is based on this prophetic word from Graham Cook, um, which um, all the previous speakers have quoted a couple of um, of. Of, of phrases from that prophetic word from July last year. And I have got a part of it, which I'm going to quote for you for Graham Cook said on his word. He says, you need to understand, beloved, I have no plans to rescue people from the world. My plan is to cohabit, is to cohabit with them in Christ, to elevate them in the kingdom, to advance them through my presence. This is the prophetic word of the Lord coming to us. God was to cohabits with us in Christ. He, he has no plans for us to take us or rescue us out of this world. We are of this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. But God wants to cohabit with us. But our plans is he, he wants us to also to advance through his presence. So let's go to our text in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm, I'm going to look be looking at the last uh, few um, verses um, from verse 25 to 29. And let's read from verse 25. Hebrews 12 says, I'm using the ESV version. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who won them on earth, 
much less will they will we escape if we reject him who wants us from heaven so our reset mode our reset mode for the first part of this um, today's theme of going for the king is to remember is obedience that's our reset mode and our mode is you have to go unless you're called to stay that's the default mode from which we operate from as citizens of the kingdom as citizens of heaven we have to go unless we are called to stay the great commission as i said earlier um in the book of mark chapter 16 verse 15 and he said to them go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to 16 say, how then would they, would they call on him who they have not believed? And how would they believe in him who they have never heard? And how would they hear without someone preaching? And how would they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I've had the privilege to travel to um, many countries and uh, to do medical missions to share the gospel. And just just before the pandemic, I had the privilege to do that uh, um, in, in Sierra Leone with a team of us, about 22 of us. But you know what? Going to preach does not mean you need to travel. Going into the well does not mean you need to get on a plane and go there. It starts from your living room your neighbors, your, your family members, your next door neighbors, your streets, your work colleagues, that is where you have to go. Hence the default position of our reset button to go applies to everybody. You don't, you don't have to be an evangelist. There's no specialist evangelism that you have to be. You just have to be willing and able just to go because that's our default position. You don't have to travel anywhere else, but you know that you are called to go unless you are called to stay. The second reset default position, which the book of Hebrews wants us to ponder on, is about having confidence. The confidence that we have is because we belong to an unshakable kingdom. Chapter 26 um, of the same chapter Hebrews, he says, at, this, at, this time, at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaking. That is things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaking may remain. You know, God in, in the new in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 9 verse, verse, verse 18 on Mount Sinai, the Bible tells us that the mountain was wrapped up with smoke. And the Lord descended on the mountain and the smoke went up like the smoke from the kiln and the whole mountain shook and trembled. That is a shaking of the voice of God in the Old Testament. That presence of God, when God spoke to Moses, the mountain shook. And God and the, and the, the, the writer of Hebrews quotes that and also alluded to a prophecy in Haggai chapter 2 verse 6 to 7 where the, the prophet, the prophet um, Haggai said, yet that says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the seas and the dry land. And I'll shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations should come in and I'll fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. 
says the Lord of God who is going to shake the heavens and the earth. And you know what? When we see the shaking, in, in, in even Matthew tells us in the last days, when we see shakings, when we see wars, when we see earthquakes, when we see rumors of war, when we see pestilence, when we see things happening, we know that there is a shaking of the earth happening. What has been shaking in the last couple of months? What has this pandemic of coronavirus not shaken in the corners, four corners of this world? I mean, Hundreds of lives have been lost. Hundreds and thousands of lives have been lost. Livelihoods have been lost. Um, fragile businesses have been lost. Even state-owned uh, entrepreneur businesses have been lost. It, it, global pandemic humanity, there has been chaos in every sector you can think of. Think of the, the um, hospitality industry, the entertainment industry. Think of even the financial, financial industry in the area of commerce. The whole earth has been shaking. You know, let's go back to that prophecy that um, Graham Cook brought last year. He said, Beloved, what would it take for you to believe that I am utterly magnificent towards you? That's where we are going. It's time to stop living like a beggar when you have an, an inheritance in my son and in myself. Stop praying like a widow and learn to pray like a bride. Fullness is not an option. It's a necessity in a world threatened with chaos and uncertainty. I have determined that my people will no longer be the obstacle to glory. They will be seen as the solution and they will experience the fullness that Jesus died to give them. They will be seen as a solution. You and I have this responsibility and this kingdom, this heavenly kingdom, that we are part of the solution of this chaos going on, of this uncertainty going on, because this chaos and this uncertainty can be relieved when people are giving hope and that hope can come to people when we present the gospel to them. That confidence in the gospel, the gospel that cannot be shaken, because our God is the same yesterday, today, and shall be forevermore. That is our hope. And that is why we have to go and give this hope to this world. That is the confidence that we have when we go for the king, whose kingdom cannot be shaken despite the uncertainty surrounding us. Evangelism is needed. Sin is the disease. Eternal life is the result. But Jesus Christ is the answer. That is our confidence. That is our confidence. An unshakable kingdom. Thirdly, the writer of Hebrews brings the uh, final part of this, of his presentation um, to, to the audience in verse 28 to 29. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Reverence. Reverence is the third default reset position for us to come to. Confidence should not lead to arrogance and complacency, but to reverence to the glory of God. If we understand the position that we've come from, if we understand that, you know, we are going 
as ambassadors, we are going as representative of the king in this unshakable kingdom. If we understand our position and we go with confidence that our kingdom cannot be shaken, we do that not with arrogance, but we do that with reverence. With reverence, knowing that our God is a consuming fire. A God that we can come to him only by grace. And by grace that we can approach him with boldness, but we don't take that for granted. We cannot take the grace of God for granted. We cannot trivialize his presence. We cannot trivialize his presence. Yes, we have access to his presence because of what Jesus done on the cross for us. Yes, we have access, as the book of Hebrews says, to come using his throne of grace. Yes, we have access, but not a place of irreverence. Our God is a consuming fire. And that's the point that you have to understand. If we have to go for the king, if we are going to be the ambassadors of this message to this world, we only do that, we do that with, uh, uh, with an initial uh, acceptance of this obedience. Uh, an obedience because that's our calling. We are ambassadors to go and preach. We do that with confidence. Confidence knowing that when we are speaking to people and we are telling them about the kingdom in which you and I belong to, it is an unshakable kingdom. Despite the chaos and uncertainty surrounding us, we give them the confidence of that. And we don't become irreverent. We don't become arrogant in telling them about our kingdom. Because our God is holy. He's righteous. He's also a jealous God. He's a gracious God. As I was preparing this, I had a picture in my, in my mind. And this is a picture that I'm going to present to you now. And you will be seeing it on the screen as it stays on there. It's a picture of a heart which is burning. And that's the picture that I had for our God as a consuming fire. Our God as a consuming fire. But he's a holy God and his presence is so awesome. But the picture I saw is we are like this candle. And when we approach our God as a consuming fire, our wick in this candle just needs a bit of his, of his fire to burn in us. That wick will burn um, Burn away all our sin, all our insecurities, all our pain. It will burn away all our fears, all our anxieties, because we are in his presence. But also, we approach his presence with awness and reverence. Because just like this candle, the wax is very liable to melt. We are just like the wax. The wax. When we approach this fire, too close, we will melt like the wax in this candle. Let us not take his presence for granted. If we're approaching him with boldness, he wants us to come closer to him so that we will burn for him, so that we'll be the light of this world. But also, that will also give us confidence for us to realize that we don't take his presence for granted. He is a consuming fire like the wax. We can easily melt before him. Obedience, because we have to go unless 
we are called to stay. Confidence, because we belong to an unshakable kingdom, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, irrespective of the chaos around us, irrespective of everything happening around us. Reverence, because his glory is bright like a consuming fire. His glory will shine and give us that's a bit of light on our wick for us to shine in the world but with reverence unless we melt like wax. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this message. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that irrespective of the chaos around us, we thank you that irrespective of the uncertainty around us, we thank you that irrespective of whatever this pandemic has brought an upside down in our world we still have a confidence in you because your kingdom cannot be shaken we have confidence in you because your kingdom cannot be moved we have confidence in you because of that lord let us not take your presence for granted let us come with boldness and awe and reverence to your presence and i pray that lord you just Light our hearts so that we will be the light of this world as we bear witness for your glory in this world. We want to go for you, our King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.